You're listening to Tales from Campalua Study. Original horror stories to chill your bones. Hi, I'm Nate. Welcome to Campalua Study. We're a small camp in the foothills of the Cherokee National Forest in Tennessee. In fact, Alewa Stodi is the Cherokee word for camp. So, our summer camp is literally called Camp Camp. Lame, I know, but it can actually be pretty fun sometimes. I'm a counselor here. A few of my friends and I arrived today, a week before the camp officially opens, for counselor training and to get the place ready for campers. Today we just unpacked and looked around. There's a basketball court, a cafeteria. The cabins are up the hill over there, and one of them has a computer lab in it, which is good because there's no cell service out here. There's also a beach, if you can call it that. A patch of sand by the water is more accurate, but it has a volleyball net and a fire pit, which is where I am now. Then there's the lake. It's a pretty good size, but not so big that you can't see all of it without binoculars. There's a rope swing on the other side that Jovi, Brady, and I sometimes swim across to play on. Water's too shallow to put one over here. Hey, you got the fire going. Oh yeah, it's looking pretty good, isn't it? It's getting pretty dark. I know, are the others coming down soon? I think so. Sean's bringing some s'more stuff. Just bring the dang s'more! <laughs> Sean's just a little slow. <laughs> Sean's, Sean's a slow one of the group. Okay. Uh, and in real life. Okay, so here's the s'more stuff. Sean doesn't like marshmallows, though, so we'll have to eat them all. Oh, okay, good, because there's not <laughs> yeah, very I many. <laughs> there's not enough for all of us anyway. Yeah, yeah. You can't have any, Sean. <laughs> Don't want any. <laughs> good. Can't have any chocolate either. Wait a second. <laughs> She's like, I brought it. <laughs> Come on. Okay, so now that everyone's here, I'll go ahead, I'll just go around the circle, and I'll introduce everybody, and you guys can all say, hey, or whatever you want. Okay, whatever you want. So, like I already said, I'm Nate. This, we have um, Brady. Hi. Wes. Hey. Courtney. Hello. Sean. Hi. And Jovi. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Jovi! I just got that. Oh, we shouldn't put them, we shouldn't put them in order. They can't sit together. Sean Jovi. Woo! Sean Jovi. They're the best on the podcast. <laughs> Damn right we are. We are. Except you can't even say that you brought s'more. I said that. Except for that. That little tidbit there. I don't like saying it. Do you guys want to like make, anyway. make s'mores before or it's after disgusting. we read the story? Or Jovi reads the story? I think I should Oh, I'm going to, actually, to I'm going to, um, you should have brought something to drink. I'm gonna, in, like, since this is the first episode, I'm gonna explain what the podcast is. Okay. So, um, basically, this is just once a week, we'll sit down by a campfire, and one of us, that's not right. Um, Wes is playing with a lighter. I just don't think it's a good idea. Oh, Wes? <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're a camp counselor. You have to be more responsible than that. The kids aren't even here yet, though. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> now. Now. Oh, um, once a week, we're all going to sit down around this campfire, and one of us is going to tell a scary story. And it'll be written by different people every week, and um, we hope you like it. You can send in your story. Oh, yes. If you have a scary story that you want us to read on one of the episodes, just email it to campalewastody at gmail.com, and we will feature it on a future, future episode. I spelled campalewastody. Oh, Stody. You work here! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that yet. I don't read the signs. <laughs> West isn't the It's A-L-E-W-I-S-D-O-D-I. 
Alay with Stody. If you want to write a story, you don't have to send it in to the email. You, you don't have to send it in. You can just bring it. <laughs> of course, if they're listening to the podcast, it'll say the title of it on the oh, thing they're listening to, so they'll know how to spell how it. How to spell it. Unless they can't. But that is a good question for people who can't spell. <gasps> or read. Or read. <laughs> or read. <laughs> or people, people who can't read probably can't send emails either. So. Or write a story. Or write a story. <laughs> You're probably right. They just kind of talk their story that they think. Maybe they have. Maybe they have. I keep making noises. Um, uh, what's it called? Someone that writes for them, and they oh they dictate. dictate. Oh, you can dictate to your computer. You can set it to where you can dictate. Dragon. Well, there you go. Well. Do you guys want to go ahead and do you want to like get s'mores ready, or do you want to just do that after the story? I can wait a story. Yeah, let's, let's do the story first. Okay. Jovi's going <clears> to <throat> read it this week, and then it'll be a different person next week. The Diary of Miss Parrish. So sent in by Jill Grayson. August 11th, 2016. Good morning, Diary. Today is my first day as a teacher at Walker Elementary School. Actually, it's my first day as a teacher, period. Wow. Why is that so hard for me to admit to even my diary? Have I made a mistake by starting a new career at my age? I have never been more nervous for a first day in my life. I keep trying to calm myself. It will be okay. They're just fifth graders. I can do this. Wish me luck. August 14th. Dear Diary. What a week. For the most part, I seem to be holding my own and finding a routine with my students. My first two classes have been kind of fun. I enjoy coming up with new ideas and games to play to help them learn a new skill. Most of my students seem to be excited about my ideas and learning. However, my last period is a different story. They are very loud and want to talk at a turn quite a bit. I have also had some very disrespectful things said to me by a few students in my class. I'm implementing the discipline plan, so I hope it starts to work. It makes it very hard to teach when you have a few that want to be so disruptive. The students who are trying to learn are paying the price. I'm trying to gain knowledge from my fellow teachers at school, but I have received a lot of different advice. I'm going to sort through all of it and decide what method suits me and my style of teaching best. I discussed the issues I've been having with my last period class with anyone and everyone. Heck, I even spoke to the lunch cashier and the janitors. Most agree on one point. I need to start out strict. You can always lighten up later, but I need to set the right climate for the classroom now. The lunch cashier, who I can't seem to bring myself to call the lunch lady even though most of the students do, said that she could understand the issue with the last period. They are also the class that gives her the most difficulty while having lunch. They leave the tables a mess, shout to each other when talking, and have even been known to throw food. She said she has been working on a solution to deal with that class herself, and if I had any ideas, to let her know. From overhearing some of the students, I discovered that a lot of them call her the lunch witch. I'm guessing it's because she isn't the most attractive woman. She is a big woman with a seemingly big heart and reminds me of my grandmother. I expressed my disappointment to the students that they would be so cruel to another person, especially an authority figure. The only response the students gave was, Miss Parrish, she is a witch. I had heard enough. I gave all those students infractions. 
They are so mean and disrespectful. It makes me wonder what they call me behind my back. I wonder if the lunch cashier knows what the students call her. She didn't mention it. I guess they may not do it to her face. Nevertheless, it's wrong. August 19th. Dear Diary, I'm halfway through my second week as a teacher. I'm beginning to think that I may not be cut out for teaching elementary school. If I could leave at lunch, it would be perfect. As you may be able to guess, I'm still having a lot of trouble with my last period class. Don't get me wrong. A few of them are wonderful kids and try very hard. Those are the ones that make me feel badly when I have to spend all my attention on the behavioral issues. I have tried to be strict, but those few kids do not seem to be responding. Whenever I ask the principal, Mr. Ellis, for advice, I am told to keep up what I am doing. That it may take a while to see results. I'm not sure, though. A student actually called me a derogatory name today, and another said that he hopes I die. I had to admit, I was a little shaken. Actually, I was shaken quite a bit. Are these students actually evil? Do they mean what they say? I spoke to Marie, the lunch cashier, about what the students said. She replied that she was trying something new, and the students seemed to be responding well. I asked her to please tell her secret, but she was busy and didn't have time to talk. I feel bad it took me a week to learn her real name. Am I as bad as the students at being disrespectful to her? I'm not normally like that. I normally try to learn every person's name and use it, but I have been stressed. I hope she didn't notice. September 6th. Dear Diary, I am sorry that it has been so long since I have written. I have been so busy with lesson plans and it doesn't, see, doesn't leave very much time for writing. However, I do have good news. You will be happy to know that I seem to have finally made progress with my last period. There have been close to zero interruptions for the past week. It's like they are a whole new class. I can actually get through a lesson plan without having to deal with the disruption. It's great. One of the other teachers, Miss Mosier, said she could see a difference too. So I guess it's not just me. She said she found it kind of eerie. According to her, students don't usually make that big of a turn in behavior. She said they should be showing improvement, but the way they have changed is like from day to night. Also, she doesn't like the way they have been looking at her lately. She told me that she wasn't sure, but it felt like one of her girl students licked her hand. I had to stop myself from laughing out loud at her. She said she was helping the students with a problem when a different student made a grunting noise that startled her. She looked up toward the other kid and felt the lick. She asked the girl if that's what she had done, but she just stared at her. I asked one of the other teachers if she had noticed any weird behavior from the students in that class. Miss Kyle said that she hadn't, but she was happy the students were behaving better for her as well. I told Miss Mosier's story and she laughed. She said that Miss Mosier has always been a little different. She said she's harmless but believes in aliens and has some ideas that are pretty out there. Anyway, I am just grateful that I am able to actually teach during my last period. September 26th. Dear Diary. Again, I am sorry that it's been a couple weeks since I wrote last. I'm so depressed. I can't blame the students' behavior at this point. My last period has been so quiet and well-behaved. However, they are not doing any better with the, their testing. In fact, the scores have dropped dramatically. I guess it's just me. I've been trying my best to create good lesson plans, but nothing seems to be getting through. I came home crying last night. I feel like a failure.
I tried to talk to Miss Kyle, but she seemed to be in a bad mood herself. She has been ignoring me for a while now, and when I spoke to her today, she walked right past me without even saying a word. I also tried talking to Miss Mosier, but she's getting odder by the moment. She told me that she is planning to transfer. She said something is very wrong in this school, and she isn't going to be the next victim. I'm starting to think it may be time for Miss Mosier to retire. Needless to say, I was not getting any advice or comfort from any of my co-workers today. However, I was able to speak to Marie. I ate lunch in the cafeteria today. It's usually crazy noisy in the lunchroom, but today was different. It was so quiet you could hear a pin drop. The students were barely making any noise at all. It was hard to tell for sure, but it looked like they were barely eating or moving at all. I asked Marie if she thought it was weird. She said no. She wasn't going to question it. But they seem like completely different students, I told her, and don't seem to be learning anything. Marie agreed they seemed like different students, but to her, that was a good thing. She told me they have even stopped calling her the lunch witch. Surprised, I asked how long she's known they called her that. She said that she's always known and never really bothered her. Then she laughed a warm, satisfied laugh, and as her eyes twinkled, added, but they are better children now, and they don't say it anymore. I told her I was happy for her sake, but I still feel like a failure as a teacher. She told me that I shouldn't worry so much about it. She said they are learning how to behave, and that was the most important thing. I'm starting to wonder if there is anyone in this school that I can confide in and actually receive help. Maybe I shouldn't be a teacher. September 30th. Diary. I'm so overwhelmed with emotion right now. I just heard of something horrible that happened to one of my students. His parents were found mauled to death inside their home. The police say that it was a bear or some other wild animal considering the shape in which the bodies were left and the scene in the house. One police officer, Neil Parker, described the scene to a local reporter. I have the newspaper right here. He said there was blood everywhere. He had never seen anything like it. There were limbs and organs missing. Very little of the victim's bodies remained, and there was barely enough left to identify them. The child was found sitting by what was left of his parents. He was covered in blood, but none of it turned out to be his own. Officer Parker said they aren't sure how the child escaped the attack alive, not to mention unharmed. Doctors say he is in shock and not speaking at all. I think I may be in shock as well. How could this happen? How did the animal get in the home? I didn't even realize there were dangerous animals in this area. People are scared to leave their houses. School has been closed. I guess it's for the best. I don't think the students would be able to keep their minds on their schoolwork anyway. Not that it would seem to matter much with my last period. I am still feeling horrible about my abilities as a teacher. My only saving grace is my first two periods. Those classes were tested a couple of days ago and their scores have improved. Thank goodness. I at least have that to comfort my doubts. October 8th. Dear Diary. Oh, how I wish you could write back with advice. I need to talk to someone that I can trust. I'm starting to wonder about the faculty in this school. School has been back in session for a week now. No other animal attacks have been reported and everyone is attempting to resume their normal lives. Miss Kyle has been absent this whole week. The principal, Mr. Ellis, said he hasn't even heard from Miss Kyle and she didn't call her own substitute. The school secretary had to take care of it. Miss Mosier is here, but she can't or doesn't want to help me. 
She's barely talking with anyone. She keeps her classroom door locked at all times, and she's been coming in an hour late every day. What is it with these teachers? Marie is the only one that will carry on a conversation with me. I told her that even though this class has been better for me behavioral-wise, I still dread having them at the end of the day. I feel like I'm not getting through to them at all. Marie said that she wondered if Miss Mosier felt the same way. I asked her what made her say that, and she told me that they are the class that Miss Mosier has first period. She said, maybe that's why she has been coming in late every day, to avoid them. Marie laughed when she said this. Usually, her laugh sounds warm, but when she laughed today, there was something different about it. It was deeper, colder, but her eyes still twinkled. It gave me goosebumps, but I tried to shake it off and ignore it. But then she said something that made my blood run cold. I started talking about the animal attack that had happened recently. She didn't seem concerned for the parents or the student at all. She just said, oh well, it happens. I thought to myself, what? It happens? How could she be so nonchalant about such a horrible occurrence? I was speechless. I walked away without saying one more word to her. I guess I have no one at this school to talk to now. October 15th. Dear Diary. I have tried to carry on normally at this school, but stranger things keep happening. Miss Kyle has officially been reported missing. Miss Mosier has been absent the past couple of days, and Mr. Ellis has been acting different as well. As we sat in the break room together today, I asked him if he was feeling okay. He said, no, not really. He seemed to have trouble speaking and told me that he felt foggy, that it was hard for him to concentrate. He picked up a cookie from the plate in the middle of the table and said, maybe I'm just hungry. He asked if I wanted one. I told him no. I said they looked really good, but I am a diabetic and better not eat one. He said that, that he was sorry to hear that because they had to be the best chocolate chip cookies that he had ever had. He said they were a special treat from one of the lunch ladies. I asked him if he knew which one. Marie, I think, he replied. I said, oh, and there must have been a certain tone of disdain in my voice. He asked me about it, and I told him the story of her uncaring comments about the animal attack. He said that's awful that she would be that way, but maybe somewhat understandable since something similar did happen at the last school she worked at. I said, wow, really? What school was that? He said it was in Louisiana, where Marie is originally from. I asked Mr. Ellis if he found that odd. I asked him if they even have the same type of wild animals in Louisiana as they do here. He said he wasn't sure, but what could that possibly have to do with Marie? I told him I guess it doesn't have anything to do with her, but I'm telling you, diary, something in my gut is telling me otherwise. October 20th. Dear diary, things seem to be getting worse at school. Even my students from my first two classes are acting strange. They are all too quiet. They seem to just grunt when I ask them questions. They are not able to do assignments that were simple for them just a few days ago, all except one student, David. I stopped him as he was leaving class today. I asked him if he noticed anything different about his classmates. He said he definitely did. He said he had felt weird lately and was scared of how some of his friends had been acting. I asked him what he meant, and he told me they hardly even talk to him anymore. They give him one-word answers when he tries to talk to them and nothing more. He said during lunch they won't even do that. 
Apparently none of the students say a word while they're in the cafeteria. David says they don't eat much either. The only thing any of them will eat at lunch is the lunch which is cookies. I was surprised David called her that, but under the circumstances, I let it go. I told David that I need him to bring me one of those cookies. October 25th. Dear Diary, something weird is definitely going on at this school. I'm getting scared. I tried visiting Miss Moses at her home to check on her, but she wouldn't come to the door. I saw a couple of my students walking down the street as I was leaving. I stopped to ask why they were there. They looked my way, but neither could speak to me. Both of them looked sickly, with dark circles under their eyes and pasty skin. I have to wonder if Marie's cookies are making everyone sick. Could she be the culprit of all of this? David has been out of school for the past two days. It looks like I may have to get one of those cookies on my own. October 26th. Dear Diary. So it finally dawned on me today that I didn't have to get a cookie from the cafeteria with Marie watching. I could just take one from the break room. So I did just that. But how can I check it for poison? Should I eat it? I really wish I had someone to help me, or at least believe me. What should I do? If I eat it and get sick, how will I help anyone? How and where can I get it checked without sounding like a crazy person? Okay, I'm not sure what to do with this cookie, but I've decided that I'm not going to eat it. October 27th. Okay, diary. I have a lot to report. I'm hoping if anything happens to me, and it seems that may be a real possibility, this diary can lead someone to the truth. Miss Mosier and Miss Kyle are both officially missing now. Mr. Ellis won't talk to anyone. He stays in his office with the door locked. He doesn't even come out for lunch. I ran into Officer Parker from the newspaper at the grocery store today. He said something didn't sit right with him about the animal attack, and the child they found has gotten worse. He's been moaning in his sleep and grinding his teeth so hard they've begun to chip. I decided to take a chance and tell him about Lunch Lady Marie. He agreed to have the cookie tested discreetly at the police station. Maybe now we can get some answers. October 29th. Dear Diary, I think Marie suspects something. She came to my room today with a plate of cookies. It was during my planning period. I was typing up a lesson plan. I didn't even hear her come into my room, but I heard the laugh, that deep, cold cackle of a laugh, and as soon as I heard it, she was <clears throat> invading my personal space. She was holding a plate of cookies that she said she made especially for me. She heard through the grapevine that I was a diabetic, so she made these special, sugar-free. She wouldn't leave until I took a bite of one. I nibbled one slightly, but didn't swallow. As I held the bit of cookie under my tongue, Marie circled my classroom. She said that she was glad my last period was behaving better for me. She felt I shouldn't worry about the test scores and just be grateful. Why would you want to make waves now? She asked. She told me if I really knew what was good for me, I wouldn't ask questions. I looked at her with wide eyes. She laughed again and said, You really just need to accept your gift and let it go. As soon as she left, I spit out the bite of cookie and shoved the rest in my coat pocket. October 31st. Happy Halloween, diary. This is usually my favorite holiday, and I usually write to you closer to the end of my day, but today I am full of dread. Another teacher has gone missing. Also, Mr. Ellis has been absent for two days now. 
I think I will go check on him later today. Dear Diary, School today was horrible. So many students were absent. Two more animal attacks of similar nature to the, f to the first have been reported. I spoke to Officer Parker, my only friend, about the results from the lab's test of the cookie. He said no poisonous substances were found. I asked him to go visit Mr. Ellis with me. Dear Diary, my hands are shaking so much that I am barely able to write this. Upon our arrival at Mr. Ellis's house, we found splashes of blood on the front porch. Officer Parker broke down the front door. There had been an attack of some sort in that house. Blood and chunks of intestines littered the kitchen floor and walls, but Mr. Ellis was nowhere to be found. The official report was made, and the police said I should go home and wait. Before we busted down the front door, I swear I saw David in Mr. Ellis's backyard. It looked like him, but I'm not sure. I was under a lot of stress. I begged the police to find him, but they didn't believe me. They said Officer Parker didn't see anything, and a boy couldn't have disappeared that fast. I told them I saw some students at Miss Mosier's place, too. I demanded they check out the cafeteria at the school or Marie's home. I must have sounded like a madwoman because that's how they were all looking at me. I'm going to check things out for myself. I can't just go home and sit. Diary. I've called 911 and I'm hiding in the library. I can hear them in the hall. All the children. There's something terribly wrong with them. The police didn't sound like they believed me, but I hope they still send someone. Oh, please, God. If I don't make it out of this alive, I need someone who reads this to believe me. Please. Marie is a witch. She told me herself. She prefers the term Bokur. I came to the school and found her there with my whole last period class and several kids from the, the other fifth grade classes. It was dark, but I could hear them eating something. I had to get closer to see. Did she have them eating more poisonous cookies, I thought possibly? No. No, it wasn't cookies at all. There on the ground in pieces was Mr. Ellis, Miss Kyle, and Miss Moses. The children looked at me with blood dripping down their mouths and fingers. I recognized David hunched over near the back. He stared at me as he picked a piece of flesh out of his teeth. Yes, said Marie. They have been zombified. But they are nice, quiet, and respectful zombies. I did it for you as much as me, Miss Parrish. If you would have just eaten your cookies, you wouldn't care so much. I just put a little potion for the teacher's cookies to keep them docile. The real medicine was in the students' cookies, and it worked like a charm. There were only a few side effects. We just have to keep them fed. And now that you know, I guess you're the next meal. The children started toward me. I ran. I wasn't sure where to go. Most of the classrooms were locked, but I made it to the library. I locked the doors and pushed over a bookshelf to block them, but now I'm trapped. There are no windows. How can a library not have windows? They are beating on the doors and the walls. Is this a nightmare? Can this really be happening? I can hear Marie out there. She is telling me that I will have to excuse the students, but they are just so hungry. Please, someone hurry. I am calling the police again. Oh my god, no one is answering. I hear glass breaking. Where is it coming from? I need to stop writing and hide. I need to hide. Where can I hide? I think they have made it into the library now. I'm under the librarian's desk. I hear them scratching and sniffing through the aisles. Can they smell me? 
I can't believe this is the way I'm going to die. I wish I had a gun. Why didn't I ever buy a gun? What is it going to be like to be eaten alive? Oh god, the police aren't going to make it in time. Even if they do, can they stop them? I just felt something in my coat pocket. It is the remainder of a cookie from Marie. She said it would make me not care. Would it make me numb? I'm going to eat the cookie. God help me. Whoever finds this, please stop her from hurting any more students. One of them is on the desk. I can see some of the children's hands and arms as they reach down to look under tables. I can't feel my legs. Oh God, they are- <laughs> The end. The end. Wow. Wow. Poor Miss Parrish, huh? That was really good. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I think I had a lunch lady that was a witch one time. Really? Yep. I went to the same school as you. Really? Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was she the one in uh, elementary school? Yes. I liked her. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> Did she give you cookies? No, I think you're. Oh yeah. God! <laughs> well, if you haven't turned yet. No, I'm probably not going to. Yeah. Cookies. That just made me docile. <laughs> <laughs> Should we make s'mores now? No. Okay. I gotta get some drink. We're gonna make some s'mores now, so I'm gonna go ahead and read the outro. Sure. The Diary of Miss Parrish was written by Jill Grayson and read by Jovi. Join us next Friday at dusk for another campfire tale to keep you up at night. Send us your scary story to campalaywistody at gmail.com and we'll feature it in a future episode. Also, be sure to follow us on SoundCloud and like us on Facebook. Thanks for listening to Tales from Campalaywistody. Bye. Bye. Bye.